Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and seven years ago, I was voraciously trying to become a published novelist. Today's chat is with Annick Rosenblum, an award-winning 2D animation director from Vancouver, Canada. Over the years, he's worked on spots for brands like General Motors, Tim Hortons, Pfizer, and many more. And in our chat, he shares his journey from Lithuania to Israel to Vancouver and what it took to start his studio, Dancing Line Productions. Now, before we begin, I just want to make you aware that you can support this podcast on Patreon. So if you'd like to do so, check out the link in the description of this chat. And now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Annick. How are you doing today? Hi, Terry. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Great. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be chatting with, uh, you know, the the total west side of the country in animation. We have a lot of studios here in Toronto, uh, where I am, but, we, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on over in Vancouver, where you are. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to chat all about your entire journey. Did you did you uh, originally get interested in animation in Vancouver? Did that is that where it started for you? Uh, well, not exactly. I uh, I was born in Lithuania, and uh, then I lived in Israel for a while, and uh, I came to Vancouver uh, to study animation. Um, so, uh, yeah, in, Wait, in my you went twin. to you went to Van Arts, I'm I'm guessing Van Vancouver. Yes. So you so you fell in love with, or you decided to get into animation before you moved to Vancouver when you were when you were in Israel. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, I uh, grew up on, uh, you know, uh, Eastern European cartoons that are quite different from yeah. uh, American uh, TV. Uh, it was, uh, you know, they were uh, those were short films made with um, government budgets, uh, and I'm not sure what was their schedule and deadline situation. I think it was very different from uh, the type of productions run in in the U.S. and North America. Uh, so uh, they were not uh, designed to be serious. Most of them were, uh, you know, uh, just... Uh, kind of like independent short films you would say so yeah. the variety of styles and subjects and techniques and some of them were really uh, interesting so i would say that probably was that exposure was uh, my first uh, kind of uh, interest in animation and, um, and then, uh, well, when we moved to Israel, I obviously was exposed to the Western uh, uh, animation, and uh, uh, there was a lot of directors, independent directors that I really liked, and um, uh, well, and yeah, I thought uh, after the army, I had to decide what to do uh, with myself, what to study, and. Uh, uh, I, what caught my attention was some animation school uh, that, uh, unfortunately, uh, until I got there, it has bankrupted, so I didn't have many options left. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, I took some animation courses, and eventually I heard about people studying abroad and started doing my research and found something that is... Uh, you know, I could afford and sounded right, like fit, good fit with my interests. So this is how I came to Vancouver to study it. 
I like I like how your original influence was, you know, the short films that were government funded in Lithuania, which would are I've, I mean, I've seen I don't know which ones you're talking about, but I've seen some and they're completely opposite style of, you know, the commercialized uh, feel of like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and Disney that was specifically for kids. So I'm wondering, you know, why um, <clears throat> why did you end up getting into commercial animation if your influences to get into animation were kind of, you know, the the government funded, uh, very stylized, uh, uh, conceptual animation, uh, and then versus the Western animation, which you saw, why did you um, decide to get into commercial animation instead of TV or short films or things like that? Uh, well, first I have to say that uh, these uh, Eastern European cartoons, uh, some uh, from Hungary, from Czech Republic, from from Poland, from all over, from Estonia, they yeah. were there was a variety of styles, and some of them were very fast paced and entertaining. Like not all of them were kind of stereotypically, you know, slow and <laughs> gloomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so some of them were really, really uh, fun, uh, but uh, I didn't know really what type of animation I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted uh, uh, 2D, I wanted drone animation, because uh, my old, my later inspiration was uh, in, in that, uh, using that technique. Uh, so I did my first job was in uh, TV animation. I actually worked for ten about ten years uh, on TV animation series as a lead animator and uh, assistant director and design director, storyboard artist. Uh, so I worked all over Canada on TV series before. I got somewhat, um, how say, disillusioned. Uh, it, ah. it became a repetitive work uh, because it uh, feels a little bit like an assembly line, like your uh, ability to contribute individually, like creatively to a project is very limited because those are massive productions. So I, although I picked up a lot of good skills and work habits from there, uh, when I realized that there is this whole world of commercial animation, that this is yeah. more uh, short format, highly creative, uh, and a variety of styles. So this was kind of reminded me of, of uh, what I what got me into animation in the first place. Each project is different, and because they are so short uh, you just deal with 30 seconds 60 seconds of screen time you really need to pack into it a lot of you know uh, creativity a lot of movement a lot of uh, fun a lot of emotions so uh, it uh, seemed to me like a great challenge it's something really attracted me into that that totally makes sense i mean a lot of i think a lot of people were in your shoes where the disillusionment becomes real after years and years in the industry and they feel like you know contributing more creatively to the art form <clears throat> a lot of people see that uh you know is the way to do that is to direct their own tv show or short films but you uh kind of found that commercial work allowed you to like you said take something very short pack a lot of into it and then move on to the next project um do you you know you've been doing that for about 15 years now which is longer than your career in tv series do you feel any disillusionment 
uh, doing this versus what you felt in TV? Uh, no, I don't. I really have no regrets about that. <laughs> I really, uh, like, I cannot say that I enjoy, uh, like, equally any project. Some of them are more uh, fun and more creative than others, but I really enjoy the feeling of the ownership uh, over a project uh, trying to make it the best i possibly can yeah uh, and uh, i like the variety that uh, uh well obviously there are some challenges with that because uh, there is a sort of typecasting like <laughs> if you, like you people like clients hire you based on your past work so right. it's limited of being able to try uh, different styles and approaches. Uh, but uh, I think there are solutions for that. So generally, no, I don't have any regrets. So I need that's, solution. Hey, hey, that's great to hear. I'm wondering, you know, a uh, young man finished his, his, you know, his duty in the army, came to Canada to do animation school, graduated animation school, started working in TV, worked his way up to animation director, decides to quit that and start his own company. How did you get your first client? I mean, like you would have had all this experience animating already. So, you know, you have the technicality and you understand the process and what's involved. But how did you go from having a TV portfolio to now having uh, a commercial client say, yeah, I trust you with the process to create my TV commercial or or um, social media promo or whatnot. How did you get that first client when you made the switch? Uh, well, um, uh, in terms of the portfolio, yeah, I obviously couldn't use any of my TV uh, serious uh, work, but I always was uh, having uh, independent projects on the side, so I uh, compiled uh, some kind of uh, uh, different examples to, to make a reel uh, about getting the first client. Uh, at that time, it was in 2008 that I started. Uh, uh, it was uh, sending an online reel. It was con still considered not professional. <laughs> it was considered... Uh -huh. So I had to uh, make a lot of CDs with my reel. And I um, had some... I printed some kind of brochure talking about what kind of services I offer. And I just, I didn't know at the time where to send it. I knew that ad agencies uh, is one of the sources of commercial work. So I sent some, just those packages to some ad agencies. I Googled some, some, I didn't really know at the time who would be the people in charge of, you know, making those decisions. So I, I sent it out to some random uh, places and people and um, I put on my website and, um, I, well, spent quite a lot of time trying to, you know, register my company in different industry-related uh, directories and databases. And uh, I'm not quite sure which of these uh, activities led to the first project, but it just 
just came out of the blue. <laughs> so it sounds like you had a lot of passion and put a lot of effort into making this switch. You didn't consider going back to TV to TV work at any point. You're saying you kind of said to yourself, like, I'm doing commercial projects now only, or was there a gradual switch between the two where you're still taking TV projects while building Dancing Line Productions? Uh, probably for the first year or two, I occasionally took some freelance at the studios I used to work with. Hmm. Uh, that was my kind of safety net. Uh, but uh, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Like quickly, I realized it's not a very good time investment for me. And um, uh, although uh commercial work is by nature very irregular uh it's i kind of felt when i don't have work is better to invest my time into building my portfolio trying to find more creative work rather than fill my time with you know uh, freelance kind of serious stuff that i can it didn't help in my portfolio right. It wasn't that much money. It's uh, I think that um, with all the uh, kind of my long um, immigration process, you know, from being a student to become to getting a work visa to getting a, a residency, uh, I was used to, um, and my girlfriend at the time we were used to you know, long stretches without work and things like that. So it didn't scare me that much. Uh. Uh, yeah, I would say I I was lucky to have a steady work coming in, not regular, but steady throughout the year. So, no, I didn't have to uh, go back to serious. So nice. It makes a lot of sense that, you know, instead of going back to, what had been your bread and butter before to just invest in yourself and build up your portfolio to get better future clients. You know, you've been at this for 15 years now. Uh, do, have you, I'm wondering, how do you get clients now? Is it people coming to you versus you having to do a lot of outreach like you did at the beginning as it switched or with how the industry is changing lately with, you know, uh, everybody's working from home, everybody's creating a studio has become much more competitive even after being in the business for so long? Um, uh, well, uh, um, I, I'm not, uh, well, I did a variety of uh, marketing efforts. I'm not sure how effective they were. Uh, the clients I get just come out of nowhere, I don't know, through a search. <laughs> through a, but I, what I have done, I can tell you, uh, in the beginning, I spent a lot of time researching the potential people. I, I went, I contacted all the local ad agencies. On a few occasions, I, I went, I bought them uh, like a boxes of donuts and for the so that they would give me a 10 minutes for a presentation with their... You mean you just show up with a box of donuts? Well, no, I coordinated. So okay, I like, okay. Oh, have like can i come in sometime and make a short presentation and i will invite you for mcdonald's and it would be <laughs> great to chat with your creative uh team uh i, I th that by the way didn't lead to anything Interesting. 
then I had uh, animation rep in the US for a few years, uh, which uh, also didn't result in any hmm. uh, good work. <laughs> and then I, you know, uh, irregularly using social media, I at one time I paid uh, Extreme Reach, which is a, a kind of a platform for commercial. I don't know. It's an international, <laughs> well-known tool for in the advertising world. So I paid for a year of membership to to appear there. Uh, also, that I don't, I'm not sure that had any effect. Wow. Uh, Oh, I, all kind of things like that. But yeah, I would say uh, cold emailing. You know, so it does sometimes it doesn't have an immediate effect, but uh, maybe eventually you kind of get on people's radar. And uh, also the work that I did uh, produce when it appears, let's say, on Canadian TV or, or somewhere. Also, it may lead occasionally to some new. Sounds like, it sounds like you're trying a lot of different marketing strategies to get clients, but you also said that you feel like they come out of the blue. Do you think it's just having this constant, uh, you know, efforts to put your name out there that people are finding you and also seeing you on TV and whatnot? Uh, well, I don't really know. It sounded like I do a lot of things, but I just try. <laughs> A bit each of the things uh, is I'm not uh, putting a lot of time and effort into yeah. marketing and I don't uh, have many skills well I mean you're still you're still at it you're still getting lots of work and winning awards so something's something you're doing something right even if you're not doing the marketing that you want to be doing uh, yeah it, it's really hard to say uh how the clients uh, hear about me i can yeah. well get a call from or, or an email about a new project i i cannot you know track any connection between my latest efforts and yeah. this, this occurrence <laughs> well as you should start asking your clients at what point did you first hear about me <laughs> yeah. well no um uh, I I have some client review. Like there is this clutch platform that makes ver verify they verify clients' reviews for kind of production uh, services. So I see that the client, my clients, uh, there they they ask this question, and mostly they say uh, we found Dancing Line Productions after after conducting a search. Huh. Uh, uh, they must be really good at that because I don't really have a very advanced SEO strategy. Interesting. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe if they're all saying they find you by search, maybe it's time to in invest in a more advanced SEO strategy so you can get more. But, you know, um, you, you mentioned, you know, the client work is a little bit erratic, but you've had steady work for the past 15 years. I'm wondering how big is the the company you've grown to be now versus starting by yourself uh, you know, walking into agencies with uh, packs of donuts to try to get work. <laughs> uh, well, it, it hasn't, uh, well, uh, on a permanent 
path, it's only myself and uh, um, many of the projects I just handle myself. I occasionally hire on freelance basis additional animators, sometimes other il uh, illustrators when the project requires kind of a different yeah. style. Um, some motion graphic designers when there is a lot of motion graphics in the project. So uh, the thing is, since the, uh, the commercial work is not very regular, it doesn't make sense to have any totally, people. Yeah. And uh, uh, when there is a project, it's, you know, even in a, I used to work in, a, uh, in my last work job was in a commercial studio. And uh, I saw that when there is a commercial project, they, in reality, the team that works on it is very small. Uh, it doesn't make sense to put a bunch of people. You know, it's very difficult. You need that uh, visual consistency, and it's very difficult to divide, you know, the 30 seconds into chunks or, or you know, involve a lot of people. It has to be somewhat intimate, and it has to have some kind of personal creative imprint. So totally. even in Studios when there is a commercial, there is no more than five people working on it, uh, typically, and that's the case with uh, my studio as well. Uh, when the project is uh, more complex or, or bigger, uh, it's I I would have like out up to five people. When the project is smaller i just do it myself so interesting i have a maybe this is a little bit of a weird question but it's something that i've toyed with myself you know i market when i'm doing commercial projects and whatnot i market myself as an independent creator like you're hiring me because you're working directly with me and my style blah 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 but i've also considered you know rebranding myself it was more of a studio uh, versus the independent, I'm one person type of thing. So you you branded yourself as a studio. Do you think that has more, um, uh, I guess, more, I don't know the right word, talkability with uh, uh, agencies and clients? Like, would they prefer to work with a studio and it feels more professionally driven uh, than just a single animator if you rebranded yourself as just a Nick? A Nick? Uh, well, it's a great question. Uh, I uh, um, lately I hear a lot about be, it's it's better to have your your own uh, you know personal brand because it's more personable and all of that. The reason I uh, uh, put it as uh, as dance line productions is. Well, first of all, I I am not a freelance that has like a daily rate, and uh, mm. you know, I charge per project as a flat project base, and I handle all the aspects of the project. Sometimes, including the voice casting and uh, post production, like music and uh, music licensing and uh, things like that. So. Uh, it's not exactly the same type of arrangement or the same type of relationship that uh, somebody would have hiring a freelance. Uh, we have like a contract for a duration of the project for certain like a project uh, description, a creative brief. And that's what I promise to deliver 
and it's not a continual kind of, you know, uh, ongoing Bay rate-based relationship. So that was yeah. one reason. Uh, another reason is uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to, uh, them to think that it's limited just to one style. Uh, it's uh, I I never wanted how say, to promote myself as a director with a certain style. I enjoy really all kind of animation styles and all kind of two D techniques. And sometimes uh, uh, I hire other illustrators to come up with something that they feel is a better fit to the you know the personality of the brand yeah. so uh, that's a kind of a, okay. another reason and also that uh, to to suggest that we are capable of handling a larger scale project uh, I mean we're still focusing on small short format animation but not necessarily something that only one person can handle so these were my reasons whether it was uh, successful and uh, whether the clients prefer that i can't really tell uh, i'm very transparent with all the clients about you know the the size of the structure or, or who would be working on the project so there is no issue there but Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like, um, you know, you originally told me that you you got into client based projects because you wanted more freedom and creativity and, uh, you know, just the types of projects you're inspired by. But what you just described to me sounds a lot like management, uh, money handling, uh, hiring people, management, uh, client expectations, etc. Did you have to learn all of these things? as you created this studio or or were you already you know did you already have kind of experience from the tv world of managing budgets and all these things too it sounds like it sounds like they're two different things almost uh well it's uh, it's really there's very little management there's very little like uh well for, uh, yeah i was uh, a lead animator on tv series so i had some um a kind of people manager team management yeah. skills uh, developed from there uh but uh, as i say uh in terms of the let's say project management or uh, you know money management or uh, things like that is really no different than being a freelance artist is there is some kind of negotiations there's a bidding process in the beginning and uh, that's about it in terms of the production kind of management skills well again it's not different than being a freelancer yeah you have to estimate you know the work and uh, uh, keep on track be on schedule uh, have uh, working progress reviews which we normally agree on uh, since the very beginning uh, have to structure the production in an effective way uh, but as i say is not really many people involved and very i would say 90% of my time goes into work, the work itself, uh, 
uh, you know, into the creative part of it. And uh, maybe even less than 10 goes into all the other activities, including marketing. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because a lot of studio owners I talk to start out, you know, as the, the animator for the studio and end up uh, just managing the business and hiring other people to do that. But you've been able to maintain continuously being the animator and the person who puts in the the work to create the visual look and feel, et cetera, while still, you know, all these years without, without kind of sacrificing that, um, which I think is great. I was wondering, you know, you mentioned a lot of things about, you know, the client side of things. And I was thinking about how in TV production, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're working with the creative director, the showrunner, the producer who have a very clear understanding of the pipeline, what goes into animation, et cetera. But uh, with the commercial world, you're often dealing with people who may have never commissioned an animation before. Maybe they've worked in live action exclusively or radio. Do you, you know, maybe can you talk to some of the complications with dealing uh, as a studio now with clients who don't have a good understanding of the animation process and, and trying to create for them the most visually engaging thing while still meeting their expectations? <laughs> Right. Uh, well, uh, maybe I would like to comment first on, on, on something you said. Well, that's, I mean, about maintaining my creative, uh, uh, I'll say, uh, work and not getting too much into management. Well, that, that's what that was the original idea by design. This is why I was not thinking of growing my company in terms of complexity. <laughs> people uh, I am primarily an artist and uh, I'm not interested in management role uh, I'm uh, you know it's just uh, the necessary uh, thing that needs to be done but uh, yeah that's it's it's e much easier to do when your company is not ballooning into something you you, <laughs> yeah. you know management and, and Things like that. So about uh, working with the clients that don't have experience with, with animation, yes, you are correct. Uh, uh, some advertising agencies they have more experience, uh, some 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 less, and uh, we also often dire work direct for clients uh, who don't have any experience with animation. Uh, so the there are well. Two, two main uh, challenges here. One is more of uh, technical, I would say. Uh, we break it down for them. They don't know. They Obviously, they want to have the control. They want to be able to have uh, some kind of ability to shape how the project is developing. So the good old system of, you know, we at first... Uh, pr producing some design, the style frames, uh, maybe with a few alternative approach. Well, first of all, we talk and we listen and we try to understand what the brand is about, what the message is about, and uh, what try to develop an, a visual approach that is would be best suited for that type of personality, for that type of space period for that type of message and so following the branding guidelines they have. 
so we offer that so they they get they know the look of it uh, through that so once they are on board with that with the general look of the of the commercial so then we um, do the storyboard animatic uh, so they get the sense how the action would unfold and what, uh, what like so that that helps uh, once they kind of approve that that uh, part we uh, go into animations and uh, provide updates so they there is uh, some kind of you know review and approval process throughout the ways that helps them to feel they are in control of how it's shaping up and being able to comment on different stages of the production. Uh, the other aspect is a creative aspect that, that is uh, sometimes we uh, get, especially if it's an ad agency, there is a final polished script. And uh, sometimes there isn't one, but uh, at, the, at that stage, we need to uh, to help client understand how to take full advantage of animation as a medium, yeah. because if you have experience with that, uh, often they think uh, in a think of they can think of live action in their mind or they can think of some kind of like powerpoint presentation a slideshow that that that's what kind of, an animation is neither of those things and uh, for example animation is a very movement based medium uh, it's not like in for example if we get a script uh, from an agency, uh, from a client, that they, they think of it as a live action, they may say uh, there are two characters, and then uh, uh, there is this message, and the character looks and with uncertainty at another character, and then the another character nods, so this first character smiles. Well, it may all work. Uh, you know, in uh, live action, because we can read a lot of emotion in in people's faces and it contains a lot of information and uh, uh, that could be transmitting that feeling in live action. It's not going to work in animation because animation is more, you know, is, an, is not so subtle in terms of facial expressions and those little cues that we can read. It needs movement and you can express a lot of emotion through movement, but it needs that movement. And the best commercials are the best works in animation are the ones that are express, you know, the personality, the, the, the overall feeling, and ideally the entire message through movement. Uh, so it has to be conceptualized around that. So sometimes we suggest ways to to make the script more, you know, animation friendly. Uh, sometimes it's no longer possible because the script went internally, let's say through a many approvals and is yeah. no longer changeable. So we try to add in the, well, we had tried to make it a bit more dynamic in the storyboard stage. And we try to add uh, 
some extra action, extra little touches to to make it more uh, lively and more alive and more, you know, uh, so you can see the charm of animation. Obviously, it has to go, uh, how say, it has to support the main message. It has to support the, uh, like, it, it cannot distract from the main uh from the main concept, but we try to add those little touches to make it more relatable and more enjoyable. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking a lot about uh, when you were talking about live action commercials, the ones that pop into my head examples, it's just somebody standing there and talking most of the time. They're not even moving. And then, I, you know, that in animation doesn't really work. You know, if you come across a particularly difficult client where you said like the script is locked in, uh, which probably happens more often than not with other agencies as well. Do you have any tips or tricks of getting the see, getting the client to see how animation can really bring a concept to life if it if it is added if a lot more movement or uh, free uh, free di directive is added to it versus just the talking heads? Uh, well, uh, I, well, with, you can try. I think it's definitely worth trying to I, I almost see it as a duty like as somebody hired as an animation expert you have to consult the uh, the clients on how to make this better like if yeah. how, how can I use my experience and my understanding to to suggest better ways of, of using you know your investment uh, but uh, it's not just sometimes it just doesn't uh, it, we are too late in the game right uh, the script goes through multiple approvals it's, let's say if it's an ad agency they create the concept they had uh, who knows how many meetings yeah, yeah. weeks and then they check it with the legal team then and uh, once the client signs off they are not in any mood to start making major changes there uh, also uh, often there is no no more time like the, they can be they, they booked the air they booked the broadcast uh, uh, media so they the we need to start right away uh, so there is not much time for experimentation. There's not much time to, to, for example, I would be happy if we can maybe make a small test and show what we mean, but sometimes there's no time for that. So uh, in those cases, we just need to uh, see how we can, with while staying true to the script, uh, maybe add some touches to make it more, uh, you know, interesting and more somehow reinforce the yeah. the impact of the commercial. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, you especially having you know ten years in TV. I'm sure you have a lot of experience to draw from with making things more interesting um, within a scene. I was also wondering, you know, thinking about your whole career, you know, you've animated tons of things. What excites you about the next animation already when you've done? you know, a hundred of the same movement, et cetera. You know, what, what is that thing that really excites you about the next project you're going to work on when it's, when it's 2D animation every time? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, I think what excite, what I really would love is to have more opportunities to try different styles. And hmm. uh, I think that it is not often possible because uh, sometimes clients just points at something in your past. Yeah, yeah. This, this is what I want. And uh, I think, uh, uh, but what excites me is, uh, well, th- th- really, there, are, there can be different things. Uh, sometimes the script is really, uh, like, let's say once we did some commercials, a series of commercials for Monroe College, and the concept there is that the mom uh, of the student is sending him off to college. So yeah, the voiceover is really... Uh, there is a lot of acting there. It has a lot of personality. The mom is kind of obnoxious character. And there is a lot of uh, opportunity for character performance and kind of uh, comedy there. So that can be a motivating factor. If there is an opportunity to try in different style, that's another thing. Uh, what uh, I like, I would like to transition more and more towards now is to come in at the earliest stage of the uh, concept development to be uh, to, tr- to to help to conceptualize the commercial and see how it can be more impactful that yeah. way. I think that. It, if if one wants to use animation uh, f- to reach you know people's hearts within thirty seconds, it really needs to think it through since the very beginning. Uh, so, uh, look, we need the question needs to be asked: Why? What is so unique about animation that requires requires it for to be used in this project with this concept? Totally. So. So I would like, uh, like I have been lately making some efforts to uh, offer services to clients uh, to be, you know, act as a kind of creative agency, uh, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask, I was going to ask how you do that, but, you know, offering, you have some reputation as, you know, delivering the animation, but adding a, a service to say we also have creative development um, makes a lot of sense. And and hopefully that works out for you. That'd be great. I'm, I'm wondering, do you, you know, now that we are coming, you know, there's CG animation, there's AI animation, et cetera, et cetera. Hand-drawn animation can be replicated a lot with rig puppets, et cetera. Do you have any fear or uh, hesitation with, you know, continuing to do 2D animation as 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 your chosen career path. Uh, well, no, I don't have any fear. I don't know how much is uh, you know based on the facts. Uh, I don't know if where the trends are going. <laughs> it's always will be a niche thing. Yeah. Uh, I you know follow my heart and. Uh, try to do things that I like. I don't think it's going to be replaced by more, you know, technologically advanced kind of techniques entirely because um, it's the same as art in general. Uh, I think that 
if it's the, the whole like I, I am not trying to market our studio as the most, you know, technologically advanced. Uh, I think that uh, uh, what we our goal is uh, to reach people's hearts. Mm. And you don't need a lot of technology for that. You need kind of a human touch for that. Yeah. So that that concept of handcrafted animation with a lot of you know, human imperfections and uh, a lot of, how say, is less machine-made where every little touch is human-made, I think has more potential to to create like this emotional connection uh, with yeah. the audience and advertising this is what the perp the goal is is to cut is shouldn't be just a generic message with uh, catchy visuals it's something that tries to be r- relatable and yeah. it's enough easier to do with this kind of hands-on approach uh i think there is definitely space for uh, CG and AI, and I think, uh, but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see it as a competition in this small niche. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy how you put it, you know, reaching people's hearts. And even if the audience can't tell the difference between maybe an AI generated animation uh, or a hand drawn animation, it just feels, it may feel different because of the human touch that went through actually animating it by hand rather than you know you say woman walking a dog and the ai puts out something that looks like it's animated i i really like that because you know this is a discussion i'm having a lot with my animation friends and the people i work with lately of you know how do you stay relevant when these tools will take a lot of uh you know companies will be using these tools more and more so that's interesting to me i'm also wondering you know you um you know dancing line productions is primarily a studio driven by by you, where you're the owner and the, the main worker as well, what is the impact you want to have with the studio? Uh, or is there something bigger that you want to work towards? Or is it just to keep the consistent work going? I guess, what is the ultimate goal of um, your career as an animator and, and choosing commercial work as, as your path of uh, career? Um, There's a lot of questions at once. <laughs> I guess you know what is what is the thing that that you're striving to do with your career as an animator. You spent ten years. You know, you after the army, you decided to get into animation. You had a lot of nostalgia growing up with seeing films um, produced by government grants, and then being exposed to Western animation. Then you spent a decade in TV, and now you've spent more than a decade in commercial work. What is what is the thing at the end of the day that you want to accomplish with your with your artistic career? Uh, well, it's a good question. I, I don't know if I had like a grand, uh, <laughs> you know, aspirations. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed creative work. Uh, I, um, for example, uh, in, uh, we uh, we produced a series of commercials for Canada Protection Plan that were um, aired for a few years and. Uh, uh, we designed a character, uh, like a mascot character, 
and it got a lot of feedback from parents of small children that the children leave everything and watch this uh, commercial. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm already in my mind. I already know what it is. I'm very familiar with seeing it. Uh, so I, I uh, saw a lot of uh, comments uh, receiving a lot of actually like actually the the company got a lot of calls just uh, thanking them for the commercial that there's a lot of uh, kids apparently found it very uh, engaging uh, especially small kids and the parents were really seemed delighted with that and that is a huge reward for me uh, personally because uh, just uh, you know is not only helping the client reach their uh, marketing goals but it also put some smile on the faces of, of, of families so like the parents were actually delighted they didn't uh, they 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 totally say they, they embraced this that every time you know i can only feed my toddler when he, this commercial is on <laughs> uh, so uh i think this kind of this kind of things uh, make it very worthwhile and um, generally i i have a 10 year old son now and uh uh, uh, he's running out of uh, good things to watch on Netflix uh, because some of the, like there is some of the great educational stuff, but some of it is really uh, in kind of, in our view, is kind of a waste of time. So I would like to create um, content, maybe develop content for kids that is uh, fun, but uh, educational something short format and have a few ideas for that so if we manage to materialize those uh you know ideas that would be great uh, uh so you know uh, yeah. other than that's... i mean it sounds it sounds like doing things that keep you interested and inspired is is all you want to do and it it also sounds like you've been you've been doing that for your career which i think is is great <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that uh, there is uh, animation has a lot of potential for like I have a lot of ideas for educational uh, programs for kids, mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, anything to do with emotional intelligence, uh, you know, uh, delayed gratification or conflict resolution or you know anger management or stuff like that. I think are not really properly taught, and uh, it's kind of when it's uh, something like this is uh, shown with fun animated uh, segments, it can be so much more engaging and relatable. So I think if having a, a little bit, a little bit of an impact that way on, on kids' lives, giving some kind of basic tools to deal with everyday life that would be a great thing to do and something i'm working on to, to yeah. develop. well who better to do it than you you know you have a crazy amount of experience in animation and you you've you know you've worked on tv commercial etc you've got the idea you've got a 10 year old son who can be your test audience it sounds like you're all set for uh for accomplishing this <laughs> um uh, 
I'm wondering, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, your, your full career from the beginning. I picked your brain about studio life. Is there anything that we didn't hit on that you were interested in sharing? Mm. No, not really. I think uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> doesn't you don't have to say yeah it's totally fine i mean we can uh well in that case let's wrap it up i guess you know i've i've really enjoyed hearing about your full career i think it's very interesting that you came from lithuania all the way to canada and found found your place in vancouver uh you know creating your own studio and and making an impact and trying to hit the hearts of your audience members through traditional animation i think that's i think that's amazing and you know i'm familiar with your work seeing it all the way over in toronto i've seen a whole bunch of the commercials you've worked on so the impact is is clear so yeah thank you so much for coming on it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure oh thank you very much terry it's such a pleasure to talk with you and i i wish your podcast existed when i was starting and <laughs> out of <laughs> I think it's really useful uh, for many people and you do such a great job and by the way I checked some of your work on your website and it's super fun yes oh <laughs> thank you you know it's it's uh what you mentioned about spanning into different types of work has actually been on my mind because uh you know if you checked on my website you'll know this there's a lot of preschool uh geared towards preschool audiences you know fun colorful characters and that's something that i keep getting more of which is fine but i also want to span into different areas so i'm thinking of taking some time off later this year and creating another short film maybe more of an adult an adult audience trying some new and different things just so that you know i can add that to my portfolio versus the the conti continuous preschool stuff which i love but um, you know, it's just an interesting point that you brought up earlier that I related to. But uh, yeah, it's um, I'm happy that you're enjoying the podcast. I'm I'm very glad you came on, and uh, uh, thank you so much again. Oh, great, thank you very much, Terry. Best great. of luck. And if you're thank you, thank you. And if you're listening and you want to, you know, follow Dancing Line Productions or reach out to Anik, you can do so by checking out his website, which is dancinglineproductions.com or his Instagram, which is dancinglineproductions. And I'll include both those links in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mendo and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.